This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Support for this podcast comes from UCSF Medical Center. UCSF Medical Center is ranked the number one hospital in California by U.S. News and World Report. UCSF Health, redefining possible. Hello and welcome to the Two Robbies podcast presented by Land Rover. I'm Robbie Musto and he's Robbie Earl. Together with the Two Robbies. And Robbie, we have to start with the biggest game of the weekend, mm. the biggest game in English football, yeah. I think as well. Liverpool against Manchester United. Manchester United won at 1-0 with a, mm. a Wayne Rooney uh, volley from a set-piece goal there. And just give me your initial thoughts on the, on the performances from both teams. Who was a better team and did Manchester United deserve to win it? Well, it wasn't a classic Liverpool-Manchester United game we've seen in the past, but they're always important. It was an all, almost important three points for Manchester United, and that will be the key thing for, for Louis van Gaal. Let me start with Liverpool. I thought they bossed the majority of possession. They won control of the game, and during the broadcast, we said it'll be about which team can feed the, their respective forwards and get the chances. Now, the issue I, I've got for Liverpool, Rob, is that they couldn't finish their chances. The two best performances Liverpool have had of this season against Chelsea and Man City, they've had the similar press in midfield, they've won the ball, but they've put the ball in the back of the net and it's changed the outlook of the game. They had three or four opportunities to score goals, they didn't, and Manchester United came back into the game and got the win. So I think there's a problem for Louis van Gaal. He's got a negative goal difference at only them and Christian Palace are the top 12 teams in the league, which basically tells you they concede more goals than they score. I think he's got to find goals in his midfield and he's got to sort out this goal-scoring problem for a striker. Yeah, I think, you know, we, we um, when Lalana went through early on, mm. I think we both said, or one of us said, he's, he's not going to no, score this. No. Henderson went through. You know, you're not surprised that the goals aren't coming. But, but some of the general play, and I thought the way that they scrapped in midfield, mm. they won good, that, yeah. that contest but, and they got into good situations, but never really looked like scoring. Christian Benteke is a problem. He's a problem because he is a goal scorer. And if you play a certain style of football and you get crosses into the centre, he's going to finish them off. But it's not the way that Klopp wants to play. And he left him on the bench. Was it a mistake? I don't think it's a mistake if Jurgen Klopp is decided. But but the the question I'd want to put to you, Rob, is if you're in charge, and let's just say you've made your mind up that that Christian Benteke is not going to be your guy. You've got from now till the end of the season, you're not going to get rid of him in the wind. It's going to be too quick. You're not going to get the money. How do you get the best out of him from now till the end of the season? How do you change things to at least either get him goals or get him doing a bit more? Because there's no use playing Christian Bentaki in the reserves. Putting him on the bench almost hurts yourself. You've got to somehow find a way for the next three or four months to get something out of him and then sell him in the summer. But the problem is, when you've got Firmino at your club and you've got Coutinho at your club... They're not really wide players. No. They're in the hole. They're inside players. So they want to combine. They want to get in there and slide in the striker. There's no real wingers that's going to beat the fullbacks and cross the ball in for Christian Benteke. Mm. If any crosses are going to come in, it's going to be from fullbacks and, you know, more of a percentage type of play. So I think it's, uh, it's a difficult problem for Klopp. Let's move it on to, to Manchester United and Louis van Gaal. And 
you often agree a lot more with Louis van Gaal than me. I heard him after the press conference say that they're back in the title race. They, 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 they won the game and, and, and they're not far off the top again. And I'm looking at Louis thinking, really, Louis? I mean, come on. He's got to say that, Robin. Yeah, he's and that's exactly what I think. I think yeah. that's PR. I think that he's got to say I think when you're Manchester United, the aim at every season is to finish top of the table. So while they've got a chance, he's got to keep that going. But the realistic aim has got to just got to be top four, surely. It has, and uh, we differ. I think they'll find a way of getting there. You mm, don't. I don't um, and, and I think the pressure certainly goes goes off the guy now for a couple of weeks, but the issues are still there. It's not a good squad. It's not a good team at the moment with the injuries to some of the new signings that have made it a weaker United team than it needs to be. And even if they've got everybody back, Rob, it's still an issue going forward with the Memphis situation and Martial that looks better with each game, but they're not that good. Top four for them, which I think they'll scrape in in fourth spot, is really, in my opinion, the best you can hope for this year. You know, something I read that I thought was really interesting about the Manchester United win, and everybody's saying, yes, it's important about the three points. Somebody said, if Jose Mourinho was manager of Manchester United, get used to those kind of performances, because it was a Jose <laughs> Mourinho-type performance on the back foot, not much possession, wait for one or two chances, take them and get all three points, and then I'm not sure that Manchester United are going to want the special one doing that for them. No, and uh, talking about the special one in his previous club, Chelsea, uh, 3-3 against Everton, and Everton... Uh, very harshly done with a referee mm. decision with a no call on the offside of the equalising goal for John Terry because it was offside. Yeah. It's tough to, to, to be too critical in this particular game. That being said, this happened too many mm. times, Rob. Yeah. Too many times they score goals. There's goals in this team yeah. and yet they can't find a way to shut up shop. Close it all off and win the game. Listen, 3-3, I thought, was, was, was signified exactly where both football clubs are at the moment. Chelsea, too poor, has let too many goals in. What is it, 34 goals they've conceded now, nine defeats a season. Far too many for, for a team of, of their quality. Everton get in leads and can't hold on to leads. Haven't got the experience, haven't got the steel, haven't sometimes got the, the wherewithal and the know-how to shut a game off and say, OK, scoring's over now, we'll win this 2-0 or we'll win this 3-2. And I know Roberto was angry and I, and I get that, but sometimes you've got to look at yourself. Sometimes you've got to do a little bit of work on the training ground to make them more resilient when they get up. On this podcast before, I've said that he's got to show everybody, mm. Martinez, that he mm. can fix a problem. Yeah. That he can fix a problem. It's a very clear problem. Everybody sees what they're good at and what they're not so good at. Another situation where he hasn't fixed a problem, of course, with that bad decision. So, you know, is he the right guy, Rob, going forward, Martinez? I, I is think he, he is, Is he Rob, the right yeah. guy for Everton but, to drive him to wherever their target is, their target will be a top four. Mm. Can he get them there in the next few years? Well, I think he can, but I've heard people saying also that this is probably the best Everton squad they've mm. had for, for a number of years mm. and they should be so much so much doing better than 11th in the table. This should be a team, 5th or 6th, on the tail of the top four looking to get in, in Champions League football. To draw 11 games tells you everything about this team. They don't know how, to, how to, to finish games off. They don't know how to get enough wins. If they turn 4 or 5 of those draws into wins, mm. they're right up on on the top four. Good point for Chelsea. Not so good for Everton. Stoke City got a point against yeah. Arsenal. And I think we know about Arsenal's record at uh, the Britannia Stadium. I thought this was a different sort yeah. of game between these two, Rob. And, and the excitement in the, and the atmosphere in that stadium, I thought was was very different. It was a, it was an atmosphere brought about by good football. Yeah. Fair play to them. Not just long, physical, intimidating tactics. It was a good game of football. Well, we sometimes said, didn't we, when Tony Pulis was in charge, well, what do the Stoke fans want with this group of players and Tony's playing a way to stay in this league? But Mark Hughes... 
fair play to him has brought in quality players, has addressed the way they play. They, they, it's not now going to Britannia and it's wet and windy and, and it's cold conditions and they're going to bully you and kick you off the ball. They played, Rob. They've got quality in. I was a little disappointed with some of Arsene Wenger's comments yeah, I was after the game about that. when he said it was long ball. Arsene, it wasn't it. long ball. I didn't see it they played all. good football and Altovic is, is, is a threat. Bojan can still make things happen. John Walters will run in from the side. So, listen, I, I think there's always a bit of bad blood between certain teams. I look at Arsenal and I think, you know what? It's a big week. You, you came out with a draw at Anfield, a draw at Britannia. Those are two places that are difficult to go and get results. So I, I don't think it was a bad week for Arsenal. Petacek's not bad, is he? I, mean, <laughs> I, I think, you know, in wow. terms of what he's doing for this football club, the difference, and you've talked about how important he's going to be in the dressing mm. room for this club, and I agree with that. Um, but what he's doing out there yeah. and some of the saves he's making, it's pretty stunning the difference he's making to this club. Yeah, and, and we had two goalkeepers at either end. Actually, young Jack Butland yeah. at the other end made a couple of good saves. But, yeah, just, just the calmness about Petacek. Check, the reassurance, the security that I look at Mignolet that he doesn't quite have for Liverpool and, and I still wonder why he's been given, I believe, this five-year contract that he's going to sign. Petr Cech not only saves your points on the pitch, but he, he's a pillar of your dressing room in, in this running for Arsenal. It's OK getting these points. They're hard-fought points for Arsenal. Back at home now. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about Arsenal versus Chelsea. Mm-hmm. Sunday, 11 o'clock kickoff Eastern time on NBCSN. Big game. And Arsenal feel now, after a couple of tough away games, yeah. they've got to win this game. I think this is a tricky game for Arsenal. I think less so. I, I remember going to, to, to the Emirates and, and a couple of times at Stamford Bridge, Arsenal-Chelsea games, and always big events. They're always big games. And I used to think Chelsea have got the mark of Arsenal. It's almost like they used to say to Arsenal, chuck the ball in the box, we'll defend it. You're not powerful enough to come toe-to-toe with us. And Mourinho had it over Wenger. We know the record that, that they had. I think it's changing. I look at this Chelsea team up, you can get at them. They're not playing it at that same level. I, I look at Chelsea and I think, well, how is this team going to regain that poise and that arrogance and that that swagger that you have when you win titles or you're top of the table because there's so many players a little bit out of form. There's so many players not quite at it. I think this could be a bigger job for whoever takes over Gus Hiddink at the end of the season. Gus Hiddink we know is going to bring an atmosphere and an environment that players are going to enjoy their football. Mm. Is he... Is he motivated to do any more? Are the players, we've certainly you thought, their motivation, the players, are they really bothered about climbing a league to, to do what? To finish mid-table? They're right in and around the situation where you don't want to be. Mm. I just think, you know what? And I don't see any kind of great, big kind of, well, Hiddink's not really like that, no, but, but yeah, I still think the motivation for the manager that. and mm. the players still isn't smacking to me like we really want to improve now. I can imagine walking down the Chelsea corridor and seeing the, the door of his office, Gus Hiddink, and on the door it would say, entertainment manager. He's got to, <laughs> almost just got to keep these players happy, Robert, and keep them going and keep this thing bubbling on until they decide who they're going to get. They, they make the choice who they're going to have it once the Champions League over, and, and that's Gus doing his job. It looks to me like he's there to get players on side and keep the, the ship going along steadily till they make their big decision. I think Arsenal um, look different this year. I know they're better in certain areas. They, they look like they've got a, a look of a team that really mm. wants to win. They've just, got the just desire it. to win. I'm thinking about this result. I'm thinking about Arsenal at home against Chelsea. Chelsea could offer a threat. They're dangerous. The Costa mm. and some of the players that they've got. I just think Arsenal, Rob, they might have a couple of players back. 2-1 possibly. Arsenal. I think Arsenal will win the game. Yeah, I just, and I think it will be 2-0. I think they'll yeah. win by two goals. I'm going 2-1 to, to Arsenal. Yeah, I fancy them at home. Okay, Aston Villa Mm. drew with Leicester City. Little bit of sense that Aston Villa are finding something to try and give the fans hope. They needed to win this this game, I thought. And, uh, you know, again, Remy Gard switched his tactics a little bit. There's still a kind of a sense he's trying to play his way through. I still don't think there's enough desperation the way that they play. 
But you've I got, thought, you've got Pikozak up front, Robin, and oh. I'm thinking you've got Gestead on the bench, you've got Sinclair on the bench, you, you know, you, got, you want to get Heel on the pitch, you want to get Grealish on the pitch. If you're going to get out of trouble, you have to go and win games. Which way, which way Le- are you going to Leicester do it? Si- Well, Leicester City showed last season with, with, with a spirited back four and midfield four, and if you can have a bit of a go at things and you can win some games and get some confidence and get a run going, you can get out of trouble. Aston Villa are not good enough to play their way out of the trouble the way that Remy Gore's setting them up. So what you've got to do, make sure you're solid at the back. Get two guys in front of that back four and get the Direct. other four and go yeah, and okay. get at, it, at the game and give it a chance. And you know what? If, if they go down that way, I think the fans won't mind it so much. But if they go down with a whimper trying, trying to play, play the rock yeah. football, brother, I'm, I'm not having it. Leicester City, we differ on Leicester City. Mm-hmm. I, I think, uh, and it's no, not, not the credit, I can give them bags of credit, but I think they're going to run out of steam um, to finish in the top Why? four. Why, Rob? Well, because I don't think, the reason that they're in the top four is that Vardy and Myers have scored an incredible amount of goals, Rob, mm-hmm. and assists. I don't think they can do that for the second half of the, of the season. I mean, Vardy, uh, Vardy they may not like have 30, to, they'll be like 35 goals in a season if he continues to do that. I don't see where the goals are going to come from, mm-hmm. where the wins are going to come from, if those two players aren't as outstanding standing as they've been so far. At the moment, they sit second to two Arsenal, yeah. 22 games played, 44 points. So that's an average of two two points per game. I bet if you go back virtually over the last calendar 12 months, they've averaged two points a game, Rob. They've been doing what they've doing. They find a way. If Robert Huth has to use what he calls his square head and head one in against Spurs to be a winner, they'll get one from Robert Huth. They'll get one from Albrighton. They'll get something from Drinkwater. This is a team that I'm calling my hard knocks team. Everybody keeps knocking them down, and I think they love it. They go to training, they brush themselves down, and they come again. They're in amongst the, the run that everyone said is they'll be out the bottom yeah, they've four. Done, they've done well. Rob, defensively, they've got a lot better. second in the table. Yeah, defensively, They've, they've done a lot better. Scoring goals, Riyad Mahrez mm. misses, he's missed two penalty kicks now. Is that a concern mm. for you? I think he's going to be yeah. off them now. I think Vardy will take them. But that, that's a big, big shame in that particular game to go on and maybe win the game. Yeah, I think at 2-0 they, they go on and mm. win it. But it's interesting, Rob, because I've always played it in teams where the penalty taker takes a kick. And it's either one of those guys you think every time he steps up he's going to take it or one of those that I'm not quite sure. I think with Mahrez now we're in the not quite sure category and Vardy will be on them next. From a team that you like a lot, Leicester, and I'm not so sure about, from a team that to a team, that I really like and you're not so sure about in terms of challenging yeah. uh, for the title Spurs beat Sunderland 4-1 a shaky start a little bit of a mistake positionally from Deli yeah. Ali, but a good reaction goals coming from different players in the side this Spurs team continues to impress me Robbie Earl mm. I think they, they are shooing for the top four I think if, whatever happens to Arsenal and City if they continue to be inconsistent and Spurs can keep getting goals from different areas I still think they might have a run of it this, this for me was another good good performance Performance from Spurs. Spurs, definite top four, don't seem to do the title, Rob. And, and, and what I would say is, and I call the axis of, of the goalkeeper and the two centre-backs, in Maurice Vertonghen and Alderweireld, I think they have the best axis in the Barclays Premier League. Mm. And that's even when everyone's fit. So that includes company and Hart in Otamendi for Manchester City and, and Czech and Mertesacker and, and, and Koscielny for, for, for Arsenal. They've just got those back lines sorted. They can continue to get the goals and Harry Kane can, can keep getting near 20 goals. They'll, they'll be up there, Rob, but they won't win the title. No, I, so I, yeah, listen, I think it's going to be extremely hard to do it, but I, but I think they're contenders, and I'm not really having you. Don't, you don't just don't think they're contenders, but uh, I, I think they're, they're having a great season and they continue to do well. And there's an FA Cup match coming yeah. up again against those two teams. It's one of those, Rob, where I almost think, you know, for Spurs, you could do with going out of it. You've got Europa League football. For Leicester, you can stay in it and play some of your younger players, but it might be a distraction to both those teams. Quick line on Swansea, Rob. They, they got a result, a 1-0 against Watford. 
gets them out of trouble and, and we, we know there's a new man coming in. Just mm. brighter days maybe ahead to Swansea? Yeah, I, I think uh, I'm interested to see what Guidoline's going to do going forward. I think you can't play with that desperation. I think there has to be something tactically or something new that he brings to the team to, to, over the next 16 games to just to enable them to get to safety. Yeah, and finally, let's talk about Manchester City. I know you were super impressed with them this weekend with the 4-0. Not just in, in the victory, mm. but the way that they've rehabilitated a couple of players, David Silva yeah. and, and, and Sergio Aguero in yeah. particular. They, they can make look, winning games look very easy. And if Aguero and Silva find their top form, and I'd say in a scale of, of 1 to 10 right now, I'd say Aguero's at maybe 8.5 and, a half, and mm. Silva's probably at 7.5. They're not too far away from finding that type of form. You've got support players, and in, in Fabian Dalfour comes in and scores his goal. I still think there's more to come from Raheem Sterling and Kevin De Bruyne. They're starting to Spanner heat up, in mate. the works, Robert, Robbie Musto. The amount of games coming up, mm. coming in the January, Premier League, League Cup semi-final, second lap, FA Cup against Wickham, February, Premier League, Premier League, Champions League kicks in, more Premier League. They could have a League Cup final to play in. There's so many games, Rob. That's the spanner in works. If they can deal with that and they've got the squad to deal with that, then, you know, they're going to be hard to beat. It's been another dramatic week in the Barclays Premier League where possibly eight or nine teams are still dreaming of finishing in the top four. There's probably realistically six teams who've got fears of taking the drop. We'll be back next week with another podcast for the next instalment of the soap opera that is the Barclays Premier League. And don't forget, you can listen to the Two Robbies radio show as presented by Land Rover every Saturday, 5pm Eastern Time on NBC Sports Radio. Want to earn extra cash for the holidays? Amazon Flex is expanding in the San Francisco Bay Area. Opportunities in Richmond, Oakland, and Daly City. Earn around $20 to $27 an hour delivering packages with Amazon. All you need is a car, a smartphone, and some free time. This is a great opportunity to be your own boss, deliver when you want, and make extra money. With Amazon Flex, you'll have flexible hours and great earnings. To get started, download the app at flex.amazon.com. That's F-L-E-X Amazon.com. You must be at least 21 years old. Limited opportunities available. Get started at flex.amazon.com. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson. It's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.